Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Everyone to RB1 colon a fantasy football podcast episode 107. Now, oh, we have so much to talk about, but let me first actually get the uh, peel the onion curtain out of the way and, and get that shit taken care of first. We're now part of Fake Teams and SB Nation's podcast network. Make sure to subscribe to the Fake Team channel on iTunes and our Stitcher and the like. Uh, obviously, for more of us, RB1 podcast fantasy football, but along with now is a one stop shop for all of Fake Teams fantasy content. So, our fantasy uh, baseball podcast is also there, the double switch. I am, of course, your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined by all of the guys, and we're all in different levels of shock, chaos, sheer excitement, Uh, independent drinker Clark Barnes, the working girl Jordan Smith, uh, the woodsman Ginger Nick. Guys, holy fuck, Odell Beckham is now on the Cleveland Browns. This is so awesome. I'm speechless. I'm so excited. planned about how we were going to talk about NFL free agency and I was like secretly in the back of my mind being like oh man you know it'd be crazy if some like news like Le'Veon Bell signed while we were recording that'd be a fun reaction literally literally before we sat down to record this podcast Odell Beckham traded to the mother effing uh Cleveland Browns uh the trade goes down in Schefter reports Odell Beckham and the Giants. Uh, so the Browns get Odell. The Giants get a first-round pick, a third-round pick, and Jabil Peppers. I, it seems like lately uh, teams are throwing in a lot of kind of to-be-generous mid-tier guys in their trades. And I love it because it just reminds me of Madden when you're just like, I just need like a little bit more on this bar to go over. But like they were exactly. – uh, does, does that not seem like not a lot? I think what happened was – the other day, John Dorsey greased the wheels a little bit while they were uh, doing that Olivier Vernon for Kevin Zeitler swap. You know, just uh, peppering in some sweet talk, uh, boosting up Dave Gettleman's ego a little bit, and then boom. This is heist time. This is incredible. The oceans uh, 11 him. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the biggest takeaway right now. John Dorsey is uh, George Clooney and uh, and Danny Ocean and has just pulled off the greatest heist of all time. He set it up with a small little one, getting Olivier Vernon for for uh, Kyler Zeitler. And then, boom, next thing you know, he's dropping bombs. Um, so let's 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 try to try to attack this from a rational standpoint. So it's not just me mumbling and bumbling over my words for for a solid hour and a half. Uh Obviously, this is the best thing that could have ever possibly happened to Odell Beckham, uh, Baker Mayfield. I mean, everyone who's involved in this trade from a fantasy perspective is hugely helpful. Let's let's start with the Browns. Nick, like where does Odell now fall in your wide receiver? Is he wide receiver one for you this year? Yeah, probably. I mean, is he is he is he not? Um, I can't think of anyone who wouldn't be. He's he's not. Ooh. 
Who? Yeah, who would it be? So it. So we have a wide receiver who's amazing, who hasn't played a full season, or has played one, and we're immediately projecting Baker Mayfield to take another step forward, and for all of this to confluence with him being the absolute number one guy in the league. He can. He could. This is Clark Barnes just pouring water. There still are other good yeah. wide receivers out there, and I'm gonna I'll go with I'll go with DeAndre Hopkins in a very boring uh, okay 130 receptions and you know 1400 yards and 15 games. Clark, like, okay, Clark, what what um I am very excited about this though. Like don't don't get me wrong. Like this is great. Are you a uh, Texans? Is that your no, fandom? No, that's this is. Uh, <laughs> If you don't watch the podcast, I can assure you there is no allegiance to any birthplaces or no state flags. No, there's not the. Okay. So that's a super fair, uh, a super fair point, Clark. And I guess I I, I probably should amend my answer and say it's probably Beckham, uh, Hopkins, and Devontae Adams that are going to be some form of the top uh, three. Yeah, I think so. And I I think uh, people may come around on Antonio Brown by the time draft season gets here. Yo, you know what? The Raiders are going to be on hard knocks, and I'm just going to pick them to win the Super Bowl at that point in time because that's what always happens. But um, yeah, I would I would agree. It's going to be or right now preliminary before the season starts. uh, Odell and Antonio Brown are still great receivers, but switching teams and getting chemistry with the new quarterback can often cause for a slow start. So that leaves. Um, some fun guys like Devonte Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and especially Keenan Allen. If Tyrell Williams leaves, that means more targets for him. Uh, those guys are still in very comfortable situations, and they have great rapport with their quarterbacks. So they might be the top three right now. Two things that now that I've calmed down, that I'm coming to uh, realize that I want to make sure I say on the podcast. First of all. How we didn't predict this is beyond me, given the fact that Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry are best friends and went to school together and now get to play together. Incredible. Just a, just a narrative you can't even fabricate uh, unless you're a Hollywood uh, film creator. And the other thing is, is that this is perfect for my Evan Ingram rebound freaking insane fantasy year uh now that there's no odell beckham to eat any targets he and sterling Shepard are going to be the only people to catch balls along with saquon in that giants offense for dwayne haskins or whomever they're going to have under center uh so i'm evan ingram baby light him up this year i mean they'll probably go draft metcalf like in the first because they need someone on the perimeter actually i shouldn't be assuming rational decision making can you imagine being the giant's and you let Landon Collins walk saying that he's not like, it's not a position of importance. And then to solve that problem, you, you trade away Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, for, for Jabril Peppers. You replace Landon Collins with Jabril Peppers. Who says no? Uh, I, I do. Cause you gave away Beckham to do it. <laughs> to back up Nick, the giants are 100% going to draft DK Metcalf with their first overall pick and still not pick a quarterback. And it's going to be hilarious. Oh my God. <laughs> the world, the internet would explode if at six or whatever the giants have, they took DJ DK Metcalf. Clark would love it. No, <laughs> that's one of the, that's one of the teams on Clark's <laughs> list that if DK Metcalf goes, he will start crying and end up in a pool of his tears. I can't wait to see DK Metcalf drafted in the second round and play for a good team. That's what I'm crossing my fingers for. 
Wow, this is incredible, you guys. Well, so I, I think that this just definitively proves that Amari Cooper is a third-round pick away from Odell Beckham value. And his safety. That's, that's and Jabril in, Peppers. Sorry, Jabril Peppers. And Jabril that's Peppers. incredible when you put it in that context, that the, the Cowboys gave up basic – I mean, a third-round pick and a player, and a good uh, – a solid player, I should say, uh, I'll say, um, is definitely different. But, like, the root of this is they were both first-round picks, first-round trades that, 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 that there's a value on. Yeah, with some of the other moves today, uh, I'm really starting to come around on the Raiders. Maybe they, maybe they did well in that Amari Cooper trade. Yeah, I've, they got a first round pick for Amari Cooper, and I and he, not only that, like Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown have big contracts that you have to take on, but you don't have to. Amari Cooper, you have you're gonna have to negotiate that contract along with Zeke Elliott and Dak Prescott. So have fun with that, Cowboys, and you were still able to get a first round pick out of that. So Amari Cooper will be almost $14 million this year. It's his fifth year option. I actually did some research for this because he was at the top. So enjoy it while you can boys. Uh, they were going to have to pay Amari Cooper 14 million this year. Uh, Antonio Brown's deal, I think puts him at about like 16 and a half, 17 million guaranteed for like two years. So I feel like for 2 million more dollars and committing one more year, the Raiders have a first round draft pick. Like that's pretty good. I'm not going to yeah. give the Raiders any credit. <laughs> Yes. Until they I mean, until they make their way to the Super Bowl, then Jaguars West has been born. Well, <laughs> no, my my thing is that the the Raiders didn't know that they were going to be able to make a deal for Antonio Brown when they traded for Amari Cooper. So it's, I mean, hindsight is very much twenty twenty in this situation. They Absolutely. they lucked out. They lucked out. So I'm not giving them credit. I'm not giving John Gruden credit for trading away his wide receiver only to uh, to add another guy who they probably paid a lot more money for. There's got to be some pithy sports phrase that's on a high school football team's t-shirt that explains, like, luck is all about preparation or something snazzier that rhymes, probably. Operation Varsity Blues. Nailed it. I just can't imagine being Jabril Peppers and have for Greg Williams and have him line my ass up 25 yards up the line of scrimmage and then be blamed for not playing well because I'm being so poorly misused. And then having to go play for Pat Shermer. A good time. It's a good time to be uh, Jabril Peppers. Well, you know, he's got the upgrade New York over Cleveland. I feel like that's probably positive. You know what? Odell uh, gets to chill out of the New York media's limelight now. You which know, I think is going to be good for him. He doesn't have to be falsely labeled a problem for his team when all he wants to do is win. Granted, a lot of people are going to be paying attention to the Browns and Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Odell, that whole dynamic. But but still, I think it's good to get out of New York. In this uh, we can all agree that the Browns are now AFC North favorites. Yes. Yeah. Right. That, like, is, yeah. that is the severe, I think, mistake that a lot of people are going to make is the maybe. But the Ravens have been written off every year for like the past six years always seem to be able to get into the that's a tough division and it has the been for a decade just, i mean it's true the ravens lost a lot of defensive pieces so they're gonna have to recover from that the steelers were about to touch on who they just lost uh the world knows so it's not really a tease and then the Bengals are just a burning pit of fire i just <laughs> i feel like i really want nick chubb to be a thing and i'm just gonna curse this whole situation oh does this See, mean they can't afford like Le'Veon bell now 
Like, Probably. can they be saved from them, themselves in this situation? Like, they don't need a crowded backfield of Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and Le'Veon Bell. God, that would be a fantasy nightmare. I mean, it would just be a football or... nightmare. Why bother? Were they? I don't think they were ever in it. Lev Bell, I've always heard, was just connected to the Jets and the Ravens. Well, it's mostly because the Browns have one of the largest cap, cap space fields. So. Yeah, they've got 70 mil, pri- I guess, prior to OTC updating uh, Beckham. So, they no, they could still sign Bell, but that would be weird. I I just I I am flabbergasted that it was a first, a third, and a player. I like that trading is I don't know if it's back, but I, this seems fairly unprecedented for like the past three years. It feels like this is really becoming a viable way to move players around. Um okay. Speaking of trading, let's let's uh let's try to tackle some of the other crap that went down this weekend. Uh obviously Antonio Brown got traded to the Raiders for a third and a fifth. Reworked his contract, uh, which I think basically became like three years uh, for fifty million, if I'm not mistaken. I don't really know. Uh, we'll start with the fantasy stuff. Jordan, do you like the landing spot? Um, I think it's it's fine in that I want to see what they do with Derek Carr if he's really uh, movable. I'm, I'm not sure if John Gruden is a fan of Derek Carr. Did I say David? No, you said Derek. Okay, I <laughs> just wanted to make sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think this makes him fantasy relevant again. Um, and I, I believe in Carr, and I think that the Raiders will be fine. It's good not to have Jared Cook as your number one option. So um, yeah, I like it. I mean, if you only sort of like the deal, just imagine him going to Buffalo. <laughs> and we realize that we've really dodged a bullet with Antonio Brown remaining quite fantasy relevant i believe in Derek carr too so maybe not the most exciting place but things could have gotten real bad it was interesting when the trade was announced we had this conversation in slack uh about where you would take odell and everyone seemed surprisingly and maybe this is just i mean not odell sorry flummoxed my brain is just all over the place brown uh i would I still feel like Brown is a top. He's going to be a top five receiver still in my mind. Uh, fantasy this year, even with Derek Carr, even with the change of scenery. I just think that he is that good. And I think the offense is going to be catered that much to him. And his game has also changed a little bit. which We saw this past year where it's gone from huge yardage outputs to massive touchdown outputs. He had 15 touchdowns last year, which people look at the yardage and they're like, well, you only had 1200 yards and you had 15 the year before. It's like, yeah, but he had 15 touchdowns to go along with that. That's still, I mean, that's elite fantasy production. People have been listening to this podcast know how I feel about Ben Roethlisberger, and I 100% think Derek Carr is a better quarterback at this point than Ben Roethlisberger. I agree with that. I think he's going to be a pick for me that I I don't want to have to make. I think he's um, he'll end up being like the Leonard Fournette of – receivers where he gets a he produces fantasy wise on a high volume of targets but i think it's gonna be um pretty boneheaded brutal usage um good thing we don't uh, play in a league where that matters <laughs> can you imagine um, if like catch percentage was like or like target percentage was weighed into your fantasy points no, sorry to carry that'd on be, that'd be tough no that's fine um yeah i i, I won't want to have to be faced with with drafting antonio brown and i I I probably would just avoid it. Oh my god. 
So the I'm sorry to bring it back, but I guess the Giants are going to be taking on 16 million in dead money for Odell. The Browns will get him at an average value of 15.4 million since the Giants already paid a good chunk of the contract. How that's are more teams team. not involved in this? That's that's like that episode of New Girl where the ex-boyfriend gets Jess to drive his new girlfriend to the airport. That's exactly what is happening right now with the Giants. They have to pay in part. They're the ones driving to the airport and carrying baggage. For a first and Jabril Peppers to replace Landon Collins because they didn't want to yeah. give money to Landon Collins because they wanted to keep Eli Manning around. Danny Ocean, baby! Do these teams not realize that Ben Roethlisberger and Eli Manning were drafted in 04 and neither of them are good anymore? <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, help me out here. I'm, I'm trying to understand if uh, if they actually opted to accept that cap hit or if that was just part of the contract? Um, I, I think that might be in the contract if he gets traded. Um, this is from uh, Jason underscore OTC, so an, an over-the-cap guy. Um, I don't know his first yeah, name. He's the founder. But um, it might be because the, <laughs> the Giants just signed Odell to this massive contract last year and uh, could be a lot of like upfront guaranteed money. I haven't looked at the Odell contract in a while, so I'm not sure how that's working out exactly. Yeah, I, I think you're right. The, the trade, the, there might have been a trade clause in there because there is no... They have no dead money from 20, uh, 2020 to 2023 that they would have to take. Oh, no, no. Oh, my gosh. They opted to take it on. Holy crap. I just updated it with the, the trade pre-June 1. They opted to take on $16.75 million in dead money. Giants going Giants. <laughs> you do you, do you Giants organization. Um, Okay. Let's... uh. We do have we do have some like other free agency news, and I know I've said this like a billion times, but I I also am getting very distracted by this news, and it's thrown me all over the place. Um, before we move on from Antonio Brown, I do want to say I saw this a lot around the Twitter sphere. Um, there was a lot of agitation towards Brown throughout this whole process. I just wanted to say that I'm fully on board on Antonio Brown's side for all of this, like holding out and making this. Kind of, hey, yes, he did it in a very over the top probably to a certain extent unnecessary level of making a show of it and all that kind of jazz. But I do think that holding out is the only leverage that players have in the NFL. And if you don't like that, then you need need to rework the CBA so that there is more, that the players have more power in deciding contracts and deciding renegotiations and deciding what have you, whatever it needs to be. And if a team is able to just trade a player willy nilly and just ship them off like Jabril Peppers or, I mean, we talk about like uh, Kevin Zeitler, who literally the, the, uh, the Browns celebrated his birthday on Twitter and then that same day, two hours later, shipped his ass out to uh, New York where he'll play with Jabril. But um, if they can do that, then players, in my mind, deserve every right to have a say in where they go and how they get traded and what they do. And so that's for people who are like, oh, Antonio Brown didn't want to play in Buffalo. It's like, well, yeah, he gets a choice. This is, you know, why should a team determine his fate and his future? So 
that's I just wanted to say that I'm fully on board what his process has been and the power that he has expressed and shown that players can have if you're willing to like stick to this routine and play in an organization like the Steelers that are just a hot mess, clearly. Yeah, I think that a player who was a sixth round pick and worked himself up to be the top wide receiver in the game, utilizing the very little leverage that NFL players might have is totally fine by me, especially when, like you said, they will ship you off for a new laundry machine within seconds if they feel like it. Also, Derek Carr, time to show up. Okay, let's tackle some people who have been signed. Uh, Clark, we're going to start with one just dedicated to you. Four years, $88 million. The Jacksonville Jaguars go out and get the son of God, their future quarterback, Nick Foles. I know you love this move, Clark. My headline for the move is Jags sign Foles, set sight on third place in AFC South. (laughs) The uh, the Twitter the Twitter responses I know that Big Cat Country uh, which is the SB Nation Jaguars p- site posted out a thing being like hey give us your gif reaction to the Nick Foles signing there are some pretty good ones in there uh, a lot of people are pretty upset or maybe not upset but the sky the sky is falling it's the same like I don't know why you would react either way like. They're, it's the well, same. They had to pay. Was it they eat? They're paying like 120 million dollars this year for Nick Foles and the release of Blake Bortles. Yeah, Great place to be. Year, but third place in their own division. I mean, what do you? What do you expect? What difference does it make? It's fine. No one cares about the Jaguars. <laughs> Honestly, I don't get it either. That they should have drafted a quarterback last year. Um, at least attempted to, but they decided to run it back with Blake Bortles, which. I mean, come on. And now it's just Nick Foles is fine, but you got to realize how like very okay he was as an Eagles quarterback. That's not necessarily going to translate as well, possibly. I don't know. It's, it's a lot of money, so whatever. Right. Uh, playoff Big Dick Nick is great, but you got to get to the playoffs in order for him to uh, flex his muscles. If you're not making the um, playoffs, then you, you're just getting average Nick who throws 12 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. I don't, I don't know that uh, any quarterback who goes to Jacksonville is going to be given enough offensive opportunities to really make a difference on, on a Jacksonville season. Um, their offensive coaching is so bad. Um, they're, they're just trying to establish the run to get to third manageable. Uh, a winning strategy, most people say. Yeah. Um, it's, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a stupid signing. They paid him a lot of money. Um, and any hope that they had of, of getting a cheap quarterback and then building a strong enough roster that they can withstand the poor coaching is is gone with the signing. So, yeah. Uh, good for Nick Foles, though. I think one good fallout of this move is that there's going to be at least one person in your league who looked at some of the breakout games that some of the Jaguars receivers had last year and they're going to like Nick Foles. And so it's just going to push up this crappy Jaguars value higher into your draft, and that's just going to let the value rain down to those of us who already know third place is the limit. You heard it here first, man. All Clark does is preach the truth, so you can't argue with his prediction. So I decided since we're a fantasy football podcast, I mean, might as well start with the offensive guys since uh, since that's where the money's made in, in fantasy. Of course, then Odell got traded and the whole plan went through the ceiling. But 
Let's start with uh, the Jets, who signed Jameson Crowder. And this is a signing that I am a big fan of. Three years, $28.5 million. It gives uh, Sam Darnold a legit slot receiver. His security blanket gives you, puts you in with that receiving core of Quincy and Nunwa and Robbie Anderson. I think that's starting to build a pretty good uh, trio there. And I also just, I always like having players who flirted with fantasy relevance or flirted with good points uh, or highlights in their career. I like returning them to that level. Jameson Crowder a couple of years ago had a really great season with Washington, where I think he caught like eight touchdowns and was their leading receiver. And I would love to see him kind of become Sam Darnold's go-to guy um, and, and, you know, put together a, a hundred yard or a hundred reception season with, you know, whatever, 1200 yards and, and a couple of touchdowns to go to. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that signing. Yeah, I actually, um, I labeled that as one of my um, surprise, you know, fantasy good signings. Cause I think he's a, a solid like possession receiver that Sam Darnold desperately needs because none of his receivers can really, um, stay on the field for the most part. Like Jameson Crowder, he did have some injuries last year, but before that, you know, he, I don't think he's really somebody who has insane durability issues. Um, anybody who plays in Washington wants to take a break anyhow. So yeah, I like that. So I think it's interesting that they continue to add to the um, like slot receiving core. Uh, Cause last year they featured um, Chris Herndon, uh, their tight end, Quincy Nunwa when he wasn't hurt. And then they brought in Jermaine Curse, who I think I heard today led the team in slot receptions last year. Um, Darnold clearly likes the rowing over the middle, but they didn't really have consistency from the position. So I think that that's good. Um, but I do wonder what that means. Like, Inunua has been banged up and also has domestic violence issues. So they may just be like, all right, we're done with this dude. We're going to, or he'll be Crowder's backup. Um, but I do like comparing that I, in theory, if, if, you know, Crowder can stay on the field and effectively win the job for Manuwa, it's a pretty sick pairing to have him uh, running on the inside and uh, Robbie Anderson on the outside. I think it's, I think it's a, a good little receiving core they got going. So all throughout free agency, I love all of these little offensive weapons and I'm always so excited about where they're going to go. And then free agency happens. And for you Futurama fans, you may get this reference just all day. And that's how I feel about almost every wide receiver move that's been made outside of Antonio Brown and now Odo Beckham. Is that that's a, a statement of of confusion? Uh, no, just frustration of like, oh, Jamison Crowder, I'm really excited. He's had a couple of good years with the team in Washington. He's really agile. He's, I think he's good. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. He's going to the Jets. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, to be fair, I also like the Devin Funches move. Um, I was going to save that, like but that. we could jump right into that because I okay. love the Devin Funches move. I think Devin Funches has a chance to. This is I am fully aboard and cementing my stat, uh, my position on the Devin Funches hype train this this season. I think this is all the recipe, all the makings for a Devin Funches breakout season. He's a big receiver who's still young, who's been working with Cam Newton, and I love Cam Newton. I think he's a great offensive weapon but he's not the most accurate passer and they specifically drafted big receivers because cam newton can't throw the ball to anyone um and now i guess his accuracy has changed a little bit since now they got a bunch of small guys but you've got a big body 
going to a Colts offense that needed another receiver to go along with T.Y. Hilton, who's going to still draw that attention. You've got Eric Ebron and Andrew freaking Luck, who just proved the fact that when he's healthy, he's one of the best quarterbacks in this league. Devin Funches, Dante Moncrief, like before he went to the Jaguars, caught like a shit ton of touchdowns. And I wish I had numbers in front of me, but you know, double digit touchdowns with the with the Colts is Luck's favorite go-to target. I think Devin Funches 100% could fill that role where he's a guy who could maybe get 700 to 800 receiving yards and like 12 touchdowns. And I'm all for it. I'm fully aboard the Devin Funches. One year, $10 million. It's an expensive prove it deal, but I think he's a, the that landing was perfect. I never thought of it, but I love him in the Colts offense. Yeah, he has to stay healthy, but he gets to play in a dome and he gets to be the number two wide receiver. I think that's a great recipe. I think the Moncrief comparison is spot on. He, uh, like, what was that, like 2017, was averaging a touchdown every game he played in. He was just right. banged up a lot. Um, I probably would have gone at, like, 500 yards and nine TDs just because they've got more tight ends and they know what to do with. And, he, you know, there, there are more mouths to feed there than, than, than when Moncrief was there. But, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty sick signing. And um, receivers who show – just like decent production when they're young or it's usually a sign that they're 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 good it's not just that they're like a grown man among boys and the fact that the dude's only 24 years old and is what isn't entering his fifth year now in the league i think um his ceiling is still pretty high uh I, i think it's a sick landing spot I am very interested to see how far people are gonna push themselves with the devin funchess is going to be a star this year argument. And you've heard three great points that I think we're going to hear all off season of he looked pretty good at times with Cam Newton. And now he's going to Andrew <laughs> Luck and the, Oh, well he's going from Carolina to Indy. They play inside. They score a lot more points. And then my favorite, and I, I think all of these are good points, by the way, this is not a mocking exercise. The like his production at his age, argument like he'll be 24 i think going into this season like there's a lot of guys getting drafted this year that are going to be 23 so pretty impressive that he's already been in the league for a while and he hasn't you know fallen on his face i just i i just know that someone in my league is going to be more interested in devin funches than i am so i'm just along for the ride and i just can't wait to see where it goes i can promise you that's me I'm 100% going to be that guy in every league who drafts Devin Funches way too high. Stay tuned for that. That's good. RB League, RB1 Podcast League, second season. Second season. Pete's, Pete's drafting Devin Funches in the fourth round. Uh, a bunch of little guys. You, we talked about how you were talking about Clark, how the slot receivers all getting picked up. Uh, a bunch of slot receivers got signed. And we can talk about it, whomever you guys want. Adam Humphreys to the Titans for four years and 36 mil. Danny Amendola joins the uh, Detroit Patriots for one year, 4.5 mil. And Cole Beasley is now a member of the Buffalo Bills for four four years, 26 mil. Uh, Jordan, I know that you love the Cole Beasley in Buffalo because the exact thing Josh Allen needs is a small target for him to expertly hit (laughs) right in the chest. Oh yeah. He's, uh, he's actually got a couple of little targets there now. Um, but Adam Humphreys is not the one that is going to be able to catch the footballs thrown his way. Um, of the slot receivers that I want to talk about actually um, kind of branches off of Adam Humphreys going to Tennessee because 
another receiver departed Tampa Bay. Deshaun Jackson is going to end up going back to Philly, which means free see the God win. Chris Godwin officially a number two wide receiver, and I'm going to draft him in like the third or fourth round this year. Right when, right after me taking Devin Funches. <laughs> I, I don't even care if Jameis Winston is throwing the football. Just oh, immediately after. With Jordan and I. Like Keenan Allen's going to be available in the fifth round after Jordan and I. I've been like, oh man, Devin Funches and Chris Godwin. That, it's going to happen, yeah. Yeah, I, I think of the guys who aren't, on a Hall of Fame path like Antonio Brown and apparently Odell Beckham, I think Deshaun Jackson is the most likely to pay off in fantasy for you this year of the free agents that are moving around. Uh, and just to throw it in quick, I pour one out for John Brown. I've wanted him to be a thing for, I think this is like year six. What's his sixth year in the league? I've just wanted this to happen for so long. And he goes to Buffalo where receivers go to later be traded to better teams and really perform fairly poorly. I, uh, what did you say in the, the Slack chat about John, about John Brown's instructions of like, just, just run fast. Just run, just run in a straight line as fast as you can. Josh Allen will guy. maybe possibly get the ball to you. Hey, it works so in Arizona. I, yeah. The, that's true. The, the only thing that I think I want to add to this is uh, it was interesting that uh, it, it came out that the Patriots were trying to sign Humphreys, um, which means they, they feel that they, they need to address the slot for whatever reason. Um, well, let's be, let's, Adam Humphreys is surprisingly young. He's 25 years old. Julian Edelman's like 33. So yeah, Edelman's so, got like one more hit across the middle before he's just a body lying there. And I think they were trying to bring in another small slot white guy to continue this tradition. You got Wes well, Welker, so, you got Julian Edelman, you almost had Adam Humphreys. Um, I, but I think building on that, uh, there is a dope slot receiver that's still out there, and that's Golden Tate. And every year he is top five in broken tackles and yards after the catch. The guy's a machine. Uh, and as far as I understand, he hasn't been linked to any teams. I and I know we're not we're, we're trying to just talk about what has already happened. I think it'd be really fun to watch Golden Tate play for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Who wouldn't? Anyway. Anyone who thinks that Golden Tate would not would not be fun to watch in New England is just a hater and doesn't enjoy the sport of football for the goodness of that it is. If Tom Brady had Golden Tate and Julian Edelman, he'd finish games thirty-two for thirty-three with like up. Uh, 260 yards. yards like five yards per toss that's yeah it's perfect um nick i wanted to pull a page out of your book for the deshaun jackson and quote shaboy warren sharp who tweeted out the <laughs> fact that basically the best routes that carson wentz throws to are the best routes that deshaun jackson runs it's like the oh, post and the and the nine route and reading that, I was just like, oh, my God, this is going to be incredible. This is oh, going yeah. to be what Deshaun Jackson was with Ryan Fitzpatrick, where he was suddenly this fantasy football god. Because I agree with you, Clark. I think I think of this group here, outside of Odell and outside of uh, Antonio Brown, obviously, and outside of Devin Funches, because Devin Funches nope. is on, nope. on the same level as those guys as a Hall of Fame talent <laughs> who's, who's going to go on to just be a, a truly great player. Deshaun Jackson, I think, has – the potential to have the best fantasy season out of all of these guys because of the fit and because of the fact that he and Carson Wentz, if they mesh, that's going to be, that could be like a 
deadly combo. Yeah. Speaking of overdrafting, I will be overdrafting Deshaun Jackson everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I will too now. You get, this you is the, the sharp stats out now. I, I'm on I, I had Nick on that one. As soon as I pulled out Warren Sheriff, I was like, oh, Nick's going to be so jealous that he didn't pull this out. Look, um, awesome. it's a beautiful marriage because Deshaun Jackson is a great deep threat wide receiver, one of the best in the league. And you don't want to send Alshon Jeffrey every other route deep down the field. You don't want to send Nelson Aguilar down the field because he will drop that football on a deep pass. But Deshaun Jackson, it's it's a win-win. Deshaun Jackson doesn't drop deep ball passes because there's no corners around him to contest the catch because he just somehow at age whatever 32 can still run like a 4-3-40. Yeah, he'll still be open. And as a, you know, I love the uh, taking shots at Chip Kelly narrative that is still going. It's like, we're bringing him back. He's going to put up 14 touchdowns. Yeah. Fuck you, Chip Kelly. Take that, Chip. There were some running backs that were signed. Do we want to want to touch on Latavius Murray going to the Saints, signaling Mark Ingram's departure? Um, which uh, I saw someone someone tweet this. Oh, I forget who, but basically that like the Saints for the last five or six years, their backfield has been one or two in terms of fantasy points. So uh, to me, that means that Latavius Murray, who's already who had flashes of of reliable fantasy production uh, in Minnesota. I think it's, it could not could easily fill the Mark Ingram role and might even be better, dare I say. I'm sad for Mark Ingram because before Alvin Kamara got there, he wasn't like the best fantasy option in terms of a good running back and kind of wish the Saints would just run it back with the two of them. Um, I could be excited if Mark Ingram does go to Baltimore, though. That'd be interesting. I could get down with that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think Sorry. Nick's on board. You got me excited. The other, the other <laughs> signing that we need to talk about from a running back perspective. Uh, the Bills signed Frank Gore. Frank one, Gore will never die. <laughs> one year, $2 million. The Bills backfield is 30-year-old LaShawn McCoy, 30-year-old Chris Ivory, 35-year-old Frank Gore. Who says no? So Frank Gore and Latavius Murray both keep getting buried and then really frustrating their fantasy owners' backfield mates. Nailed However, it. that would just, I think Latavius Murray is going to score a lot more points than people think, and I think people are going to laugh about Frank Gore and he's just going to get 750 yards and six touchdowns again. That the latter doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, was that really Frank Gore's stat line from this last year? Oh, I total. Yes. Oh, okay. I wouldn't be surprised though if Gore outscores McCoy. I mean, McCoy is—he's—he's he's a shitty dude, and and he's totally washed. He had a horrible year last year. I want to see Frank Gore's stats from last year. Holy. F- oh, okay. Well, he didn't have any touchdowns. He can't all stop. Seven hundred and twenty-two yards last year. What? How many touchdowns? Zero. Oh. That's impressive. I don't Frank know how he got zero touchdowns. Frank Gore is trying to stay in the league and play with his son. He will never die. No, he really won't. That that is that's very impressive. That's a really quiet 700 yards there from old Frankie. Um, okay, we have there is a bunch of defensive signings that we have to go to, but before we get to them, now that we're officially official, well, we have to take a quick ad break because uh, Daddy Gog get that paper. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, we're back. Uh, let's talk some defensive signings. Uh, we will start with Landon Collins basically setting the uh, safety market on fire. Six years, $84 million from the team from Washington. And you know I love this because there's nothing I love more than a revenge game narrative, especially when it involves Eli Manning. Because guess what, you guys? Now we don't got nobody to throw to except for Evan Ingram. It's happening. But Nick. Uh, this seems like a pretty hefty price tag to pay for a safety who traditionally only plays in the box, no? That guy plays everywhere. He, I mean, we can say that he just plays in the box, but like his his um what his alignment breakdown is like he had he had like 70 D line snaps. Like this he's not a safety. He's a, he's everything on a defense. Um I, yeah, I would I would pay him whatever he wants or pay for him whatever is needed. Would you rather have, and this is just a hypothetical, uh, would you rather have Landon Collins and Odell Beckham or Jabril Peppers and Eli Manning? That's not a real question. (laughs) (laughs) It's the choice the Giants have just made. So there you go. We know the Giants' answer. That's so nuts. I feel like this is a very Washington move. (laughs) Washington handing out a boatload of money to a defender has never gone wrong before. (laughs) I can list all of the players who they've had wild success with, headlined by Albert Hainsworth. That was equally a great deal. Granted, this, I'm a big fan of Landon Collins. I, I, I am too. The that. six years is surprising to me uh, because both from a player perspective and from a team perspective, because you always see we've we've talked about this before, where these players sign these you know six to five, five to six year deals, and then the cap keeps getting bigger. So then by year four of that deal, they want a pay raise. So I'm surprised that Landon Collins decided to do that as opposed to, and it's probably some weird construction where it's like the first three years are all really that matters. And then the last three years are just kind of like make believe money. Almost every one of these deals is a two year deal. The ones that are great deals are like 2.3 year deals. There so you go. yes, it's, it's just, it seems like a lot. For it a does, team that's not a safety away. Yeah, for but, a team that's now a lot of very far away. The theme of this offseason and this free agency is, if you look at the teams that are actually smart about handling their cap situations, these four-year deals are going to essentially be two-year deals for when 2021, the uh, CBA expires. So that's that's the theme of the offseason. You got to look at the fine print to see when these deals actually expire. But the the five to six year deals that are being tossed around are, I don't know, you got got to look at them a little bit closer for sure. Other defensive players to get signed. Uh, Clark, I'm sorry to say this. Your boy Honey Badger has left the Texans and signed with the Chiefs three years, 42 million. Yeah, I saw someone tweet this out and I thought, shucks, that's awful. And then I saw someone who writes for the Texans, uh, not uh, like the Chronicle or anything, uh, say like, oh, he was never a really great fit for us and he didn't make a whole lot of plays. And I just thought, like, let's not be jerks. Like, I really enjoyed watching you play for a year and now I wish you the best in Kansas City. Do we have to, like, 
It's like after the girl breaks up with you and you saying like, well, she was kind of a jerk. So I didn't like her anyway. That just really cheesed me. Yeah. Or like the, like the player who, you know, wants out of his team and says that the team only listens to their quarterback and that the quarterback treats them all like children and that the owner believes that, that, that the quarterback is always right. I saw a like snap breakdown of like where Honey Badger lined up over the year, and he lined up in like eight different positions. On he the, lined up as a defensive tackle for one yeah. snap. How? It was so much fun! So it was so yeah. much fun. I mean, how did that happen? Up. That's incredible. Tashawn um, Gibson is a good consolation prize, though. Did the like, Texans just sign him? That's nice. Yeah, it's it's not a gaping hole that would have been at safety. They got him, so that's nice. Um, I'm excited for Tyron Mayhew in in the in Kansas City because I think he brings a lot to that defense that clearly needed help and an identity, and I think he's going to bring a, a tough nosed attitude. Um, and you got to be able to balance off that o- offense with a with a very productive and exciting defense. And I think he brings that. That team's going to be on TV a lot, so yeah, I have fun players to watch. Exactly, Mayhew's one of them. Uh, Jordan, your boys, not the Packers, because we're not going to talk about all the guys they got. I figured I'd leave that to you. CJ Mosley signs to the Jets, uh, five years, eighty-five million. Wasn't the only move your team, your Jets made, uh, but they did not weren't able to retain Anthony Barr. But uh, but they got CJ Mosley, a signing that I am actually a really big fan of because as much as I hate the Jets, I kind of want the rivalry to be back on, and I think it was a a lot of money. But Mosley's good, and I think you need to invest in that in order to have that defense taken a step forward. Yeah, you know, signing um, C.J. Mosley plus Anthony Barr would have been just a really fun, ridiculous move for the Jets just to have these two really um, good linebacker positions. But, you know, uh, it's not always a terrible thing. They Again, they might have been saved from themselves by not locking in another linebacker who's getting paid like an edge rusher who isn't really an edge rusher um, that much money over the past or over the next couple of years, especially since they – they really threw the bag at C.J. Mosley. Yeah, they paid a ton of money for him. Mosley, another Jets casualty. I was really excited to see where he was going to go. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme with who you deem as casualties in, in, in free agency. It's like, Clark's like I'm really excited about this team. Oh, he signed with the Jets. Well, now he's worthless. <laughs> well, now, no, now we're never going to hear from him again. That's true. Except for maybe, maybe who knows? This Jets team seems a little feisty. Uh <laughs> The final big defensive move that I have on my list, and we can talk about whomever you want afterwards, but Trey Flowers, again, signing with the Detroit Patriots. Uh, five years, $90 million. No way the Patriots are ever, ever going to touch that, uh, but well-deserved. He was the best player on the Patriots' defense uh, in the last few years. And like you were saying, Clark, this also uh, – this also. Well, how did you describe it? Beautifully. Oh, yeah, irksome. Irksome. I found it also irksome that when Trey Flowers got signed to the Lions, most Patriots fans were like, well, was he really that good? Did he really? He wasn't really that good. He wasn't a top five defensive player. Like there were a bunch of better guys on the team who did better. Trey Flowers is the definition or or perfectly embodies the the moving the growing movement of QB rush slash pressure is much more important than sacks. He never got a high sack total in New England, but he constantly was pressuring the quarterback, constantly getting into the backfield. They moved him all over the line. Uh, Patricia should now should know how to use him, though he famously had him drop in coverage a couple times during the Super Bowl against the Eagles, which is flummoxing, putting your best pass rusher in, in coverage. But what do I know? Um, 
So I think I think Trey Flowers is going to have the ability to to continue already to build upon a very strong start to his career in Detroit. And I think you could see his sack totals uh, increase a little bit, especially if Patricia wants to use him more as just a, a every down rusher as opposed to this kind of like a move, moving piece. Nah, Trey, just you got your money, my guy. You can chill out now. Just take it easy. Take some plays off even. You know, you got to save your body for the rest of your life. You just don't have to go as hard anymore. Just like in a it, dome, just chill. Just take like a, like two out of 16 games off, right? At, at least, minimum. At least, yeah. minimum. Yeah, that sounds fair. Yeah, I think it's an insane signing. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Uh, and I, yeah, I think Patricia should have stayed as a DC. It's 40 yeah. million. It's 40 million guaranteed, which is a, that's a two year deal. It's yeah. a lot of money, but it's two years. I also want to say there is, I saw it a, a couple uh, across different paths around the internet where people were like, Oh, this is a stupid amount of money to give these players. Oh my goodness. Like this is what makes the Patriots better than everyone else is they're not signing all of these players to these huge deals. Like I understand that big deals are going to be put under the microscope and that if they do fail, that there's going to be a a national outrage around it. But it's also like, how else are you going to make that leap? If you don't have the infrastructure, a la a new England Patriots, a la like the draft is mostly luck. And so you hit on it and that's great, but then you got to be able to build the team. And I, I guess like we saw this, the Rams trade, Sign big con- people to big contracts, and they took went just went to the Super Bowl. Like I guess I I am a little hesitant to kind of uh, to like poo poo teams for handing out big contracts to solid players who are going to make their team better. Yes, Trey Flowers isn't going to be a twenty sack per season player, but he's going to be a fundamental piece of that defense. And if that's the money you need to give it to him, like Clark was saying too, it's a three two year deal technically. I- no, so I, I I'm not sure where we're getting this this idea that it's a two year deal from. If uh, in the third because year of the con, if it, if it's a ninety million dollar a year deal, they're going to count the year. first. <laughs> sorry, ninety million dollar five <laughs> year deal. Ninety million dollar five year deal, right? So yeah. that let, let's call it twenty a year, seventeen something like that. The first year is guaranteed, and so is the second, and then you you owe the guys. Six million dollars. You can cut someone that's floundering on your team and have six million against the cap. No. Hell, the Jaguars just did it with twenty. So okay, so let's let's actually break down the the, the contract here. Um, twenty eight million dollars signing bonus with uh, guarantee or base salaries uh, totaling fifty eight million. That's um, a third of it. <laughs> right. So, the, but the the issue here is it, as far as the dead money goes. Um, if they cut him in. Now it'd be 50 mil of dead money. Next year it'd be 43. In 2021, if they cut him, which is the third year of the deal, there'd be 26.8 million in dead, um, then 11, and then five. So there, it's it's not okay. a two-year deal. They're they're still facing a lot of dead money, um, and his cap hits uh, are uh, in order: six, 16, 19, 23, 23. Um, and and now, granted, in 2021, his base salary of 14 million and cap hit of 19 is probably going to be um, a good deal for a defensive lineman of of his caliber. It's just tough to 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 come in and and, and give someone like this 
that kind of money in free agency when your team is still so sorely lacking in, in other areas. Um, like I, I, I don't think that the lions are a couple pieces away. But necessarily. So, what, so, but then how does, how does a bad team like the lions get better? Like, is it just um, purely then you have to hit on every one of your draft picks and then suddenly you're like, Oh shit, this is a window sign, 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 sign. Give all your fucking money to, to be able to build a team for this like one minuscule window. Or does it make more sense to be able to like, Hey, this is a fundamental piece that is, is not, he's not a, the flashy player. He's the guy who comes in, gets the work done. Patricia knows him intimately because he worked with him throughout his basically whole career so far. And you come in, you put him in, and you've got five years of this solid production that you can then continue to build around. And then when you're able to three years down the road, like you were just saying, three years down the road, I could have this perennial pro bowler, perennial all pro for a reasonable contract. And my defense and my team is now three years older with three more seasons of of kind of team building around it. Like, I understand your point too, Nick, that it's like, you don't want to just hand out these massive contracts if you're a team that's not close. But I also feel like there will always be a middle ground. And so it's just like, why would I, why would I delay my team building and try to cram a whole team into one off season, as opposed to slowly build so that when I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. If that all makes sense. The cap yeah. grows 10 million a year, every year, every too. year for like the past seven years. And the instant that, uh, players sign these massive contracts they become discounts because they reset the market for the next player right. so that's i guess another way to look at it so i i think i i, uh, I probably should amend my statement a bit i think that they i don't think that they're going to be able to necessarily get things done with matt stafford and that's probably my larger worry and i and i do need to eat my words on on their roster not not being strong enough they do have a very strong offensive line and receiving core. I like carry on Johnson a lot and their defensive line now is super stacked with flowers, snacks, uh, Ashawn. Um, they do need more help in the linebacking core. And I don't think that they, you know, taking Justin Coleman from the Seahawks is not going to shore up too much of their secondary. Um, I guess my, my, my issue is uh, if this deal, it will be a good, it will be a, a, a fair deal three years from now, I'm not read up on who else they're going to have to pay at that point in time, but it'd be really nice if they didn't have all that dead money. Right. No, that's fair. That's totally fair. That's totally fair. Can we get some breaking news before we sign off? Uh, let's hit it. Uh, D Ford traded to the San Francisco 49ers Holy for crap. a 2020 second round pick. Nicholas, your 49ers making moves. Dude. I, that's baffling. Why did the he will have the Chiefs to trade him? He will the have Chiefs? to structure a contract with the Niners. Yeah, he'll have to sign. Trade, but the Chiefs, but... there was a lot of rumors about this because the Chiefs are transitioning to a four-three defense, and they weren't sure that D four was going to be able to be a hand in the ground edge rusher. Interesting. That's it, Kansas City. I understand redoing your defense, but they've lost. The, they've lost a lot of pieces. Players, you know, like, they might not yeah, be able weird. to bring Barry back too. Yeah. Also, they're I mean, in sub packages all the time. What? Why are we? are trash. Tough. Okay. Nick's, Nick's back on it. 49ers Super Bowl, baby. Here we go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did talk about before before the Odell Beckham chaos and before this podcast ran an hour. Uh, we did talk about awards. Uh, if we want to quickly hand out um, some awards. I kind of gave all my awards by 
talking about what I liked and didn't like. But I yeah, can I wanted to hit on say them all loud. <laughs> that's it. Cool, Clark. Did you have anything? No, the the Detroit Lions went from Golden Tate and Eric Ebron to uh, what's his name and uh, Jesse what, James. And what's his name? Yeah, Danny Danny Amendola and Jesse James. I do want to say the Titans signing Roger Saffold is great because the Titans are just determined to zig while the rest of the league is zagging right now. Uh, I also I want to nominate I want to nominate Trent Brown for Albert Hainsworth's crash and burn uh, signing award. I wish him all the best, but he, he failed as a right tackle in San Francisco, and he was an average left tackle for the Patriots. Average, not not exceptional, average. Uh, and he's now the largest, the biggest paid. He has the biggest offensive line contract in NFL history. Plus, the Raiders drafted an offensive lineman uh, last year in the first round. So, plus Tom Cable. You do you, John Gruden. Never change. What a day. What a day, you guys. What a Monday. What a Tuesday. And when you're listening to this, I'm sure Le'Veon Bell would already have signed on Wednesday. NFL free agency is hasn't even started yet. It's perplexing why they do it this way, but they do. So, nonetheless, um, like we said at the top of the show, if you can even remember way back then, we are now a part of SB Nation's podcast network. So there's going to be a fake teams channel that we're now all a part of. So make sure to subscribe to that. Leave a review. View, leave a rating. You're going to get all the RB1 content along with our fantasy baseball podcast, uh, the Double Switch. So make sure to tune into that as well when it pops up into your uh, into your inbox. What is it called when in your like pod feed? Pod feed? I don't know. I know you're not looking at me for a technology question. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Follow Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. Follow Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you guys next week uh, to continue to talk about the craziness that is in the NFL. But I can promise you, you're never going to get an episode quite like this uh, involving so much breaking news and me more or less being this is kind of what I would look like. So take that home with you uh, and treasure that memory forever. Until then, peace.